Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Uh, thank you so much for being here, everyone. If you haven't received your sermon notes yet as you walked in, you can get them uh, right now from any one of the ushers. Just lift up your hand long enough to receive them, and they'll be happy to get you those sermon notes this morning. But uh, I am so excited to be able to start a three-part sermon series that I've titled Words. And the title of our message this morning, which is also the perspective that I want to preach from today, is that words are powerful. Words are powerful. Now, most of you know that my name is Gary. And when you're in your 40s, the name Gary, it's an okay name when you're in your 40s. But when you're six or seven years old, Gary is not a very cool name. I'm just saying, not a very cool name at all. In fact, I didn't know of any famous people named Gary. I had no clue as a, as a six-year or seven-year-old. I had no clue, are there any famous Garys out there? And the only famous Gary that I even knew about wasn't even a person at all. It was a puppet on Sesame Street. How many of you remember Gary Gnu? You remember Gary Gnu? That was the only famous Gary that I even knew about. Now, he was a news anchor, but only he never presented any news. He never said any news that was going on because his coined phrase was that his, his coined phrase was, uh, no news is good news. How many of you guys remember hearing that? No news is good news. And how about when you used to be in a class and people would make fun of you? And I remember being in a classroom and people would make fun of my name or say, Hey, Gary Ganoos, tell us the news today, you know, and they would make fun of me and say some hurtful things. How many of you remember going out to the playground and hearing, you know, hearing people argue? Or maybe you were one of the people that maybe got into an argument at times. And I remember the, the, when you would bring your dad into the argument. Oh, yeah, well, my dad's bigger than your dad. Oh, no, he ain't. My dad's smarter than your dad. Oh, yeah, well, my dad will beat your daddy up. Remember that? How many of you guys remember that? How many of you, yeah, come on. Now, how about the, your mama jokes? And when someone says something about your mama, you're like, you better not say nothing about my mama. Those are fighting words. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and people would say things like this. Well, your mama's so big, she jumped up in the air and she got stuck. Oh, yeah? Well, your mama's so dumb, she returned a donut because it had a hole in it. Oh, yeah? Well, your mama's so dumb, when she got sick, she called Dr. Pepper to try to make an appointment. How many, you remember that? You remember those, those things? And, and here's what we would do. Every single time someone would say things like that, like that to us, we would say two different types of phrases. And if you remember this phrase, just go ahead and join along with me, pick it up wherever you know where you're at, and just say it with me. We would say this. We would say, oh, yeah, well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. Remember that? We would also say, oh, yeah, well, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. And we would say these phrases, and we would say, well, words will never hurt me, but that's just not the truth. Words do hurt. Words don't bounce off. Words do stick on to our lives. And people have spoken things over our lives that have just caused a lot of hurt in our lives. And the main idea that I want us to grasp today is that words are powerful. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your wonderful presence. I thank you that you are here. Lord, thank you that words are powerful. Yes, it's true. Words are powerful. The negative words are powerful, but also the positive words are powerful as well. 
So, Lord, I pray that you would take hold of these next couple moments and that we would learn together how words are powerful, how words can change our lives. Be with us in Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen. 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 In 1896, there was a famous chemist, a Swedish chemist, who created dynamite. And dynamite was created to advance society. It was created to clear paths so that roads could be built. It was put into the sides of mountains so that tunnels could be exploded in there so that trains could go through them. Dynamite was made to create a positive advancement throughout society. But it didn't take long before people realized that not only could dynamite be used for positive things, or in other words, be used to improve life, but that it could also be used to destroy life. And that's exactly how it works with our words. Our words are like dynamite. They're explosive. Our words can be used to improve life, and our words can be used to destroy life. And there are some times that we use words for different types of things. And I want to teach us today how powerful our words really are. Let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. This is going to be our anchor verse for this morning. We're going to use different scriptures throughout the Bible, but this will be the one that we continually come back to. It says, The tongue has the power of life and death. And I want to connect both of those main ideas for you today because our words are powerful and they have the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And I want to share three thoughts about words with you today. The first thought is that our words are powerful, just like our sermon title. Our words are powerful. We have to realize that our words are like dynamite, that they are explosive. And there are three different ways that our words are powerful. A, our words have the power to physically move people. And as I'm preaching this morning, if someone were to join me on the stage and they were to whisper something in my ear and say, Hey, Pastor Gary, there's a fire that has just broken out in the other room. We need to evacuate the building right away. We need to get everyone out of here. Do whatever you got to do to get them out of here. All I would have to do for all of us to get out of this room and out of the building is all I would have to say is, hey, everyone, there's a fire. We have to get out of the building right now. Everyone, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to burn. I don't want to die. Everybody get out of the room. And you know what begin to happen? There are, there are some parents that would push their kids out of the way, that would push their spouse out of the way just to be able to get out of here because they want to save themselves. There are some people that would push the elderly over and say, I don't care about them. I just care about myself. I got to get out of here. I got to save myself. Now, no, that's not really true. How many of you know that's not Harvest Church? That would happen at a different church. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, that wouldn't happen at Harvest Church. It would happen at a different church. And Here's what would happen at Harvest Church. We would line up in a single file line. We would all be so patient getting out of the room. We would say, oh, no, sir, you go in front of me. I, I don't mind burning for you. Yeah, I mean, that's how Harvest Church would be because we're, we're just so, so, so kind. We're such friendly people. But we would get out of the room as quickly as we possibly could because our words have the power to physically move people. How many of you know that to be true? B, our words have the power to ignite emotions. And it seems like it was just yesterday when, and many of you kind of know my testimony a little bit, you know that my dad had cancer, and I'll never forget the day that my dad came home one day, and he sat my mom and me down at the kitchen table just to tell us that he had cancer. And he said, I have cancer. The doctors haven't given me a lot of hope. 
And I can tell you that hearing those words ignited an emotion inside of me that I'll never forget. I heard those words, I have cancer. Those words ignited an emotion in me. Then I can tell you about the time where some positive words reignited an emotion in me or ignited an emotion in me. In fact, it took place right here on this platform. I was standing right here, and my bride-to-be, Pastor Christina, she was standing right here, and the minister said, Christina, do you take him to be your lawfully wedded husband? She said, I do. And I can tell you that hearing the words I do ignited an emotion in me that I can't describe on a Sunday morning because we're in church. Come on, somebody. But it ignited an emotion in me that I can't describe to you right now, but just trust me, it ignited an emotion. And I'm glad I heard the words I do and not the words I don't because I would have felt a whole nother type of an emotion in me had I heard those words because our words are powerful. Think about the emotions that you would feel if someone came up to your wife or your children and started belittling them and started talking down to them. Could you imagine the the emotions that would be ignited inside of you if you just heard people going off on your family? Oh, you better not talk about my family like that. You could talk about me however you want, but my family's off limits. Now, right now, some of you are feeling kind of upset right now just from me even insinuating that some of you might have that happen to you. How many of you feel that kind of emotion right now just by me talking about it? Some of you, when you get sick, you know what you do? You go out onto the web and you look up on WebMD and you put down all your different symptoms that you feel. And then you hit the enter button and it kicks out the results of what WebMD might think that you have. And you read it and it says, terminal illness likely to die in four weeks. And you're like, what? It ignites an emotion inside of you where you're like, what in the world? I only got four weeks. And then only four days passes by. You feel better already. You're like, oh, good. It was just allergies. Oof. I shouldn't have gone to that person's house with cats. I, I, I knew it. I knew I should have gone with my gut on that. I shouldn't have gone over there. But our words are powerful. It'll ignite an emotion inside of every single one of us. See, our words have the power to start wars. Do you know that that, that wars have started throughout history because of the poor, poor choice of words. Do you know that fights have broken out because people have used a poor choice of words? Do you realize that murders have actually taken place because people have just said the wrong things? Poor choice of words. In fact, just about two months ago here in Sacramento, there was an argument that was taking place, and they were going back and forth, arguing and arguing. One person just went a little bit too far, said the wrong thing, and it caused the other person to bring out a gun and to shoot the person point blank, murdered them right on the spot in front of many, many people, all because of the wrong choice of words. Don't tell me that our words aren't powerful. They're more powerful than we may even realize. Number two, the second thought that I would like to share with you today about words is that our words have the power to bring death, the power to bring death. Proverbs 18 and verse 21, our anchor verse, says the tongue has a power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There is dynamite in our words, and sometimes our greatest enemy isn't in front of us, but in our mouth, behind our teeth. The only words that can be used on earth are the ones that continue to get sharper and sharper the more and more that we use them. And that's exactly what happens with all of our words, whether positive or negative. They get sharper and sharper. And one day, after Winston Churchill was done with one of his speeches, there was a lady that was really upset with him. And she went up to him and said, Winston Churchill, if I was your wife, 
I would put poison in your tea. And he thought about that. And he said, well, if I was your husband, I would choose to drink it. Come on, how many of you? Come on, so I don't want to be married to that person. I don't want to be married to that person. Our words are like dynamite, and they could destroy people on the inside. No matter what kind of reaction you might react back with, all these types of words can destroy people on the inside. Proverbs 15 and verse 4 says, Kind words heal and help, cutting words wound and maim. And I want to show you three ways that our words can bring death. A, our words can kill someone's self-esteem. And in this setting, like, like this, in a church setting with this group of people, I know that when we might accidentally kill someone's self-esteem, I know it's not purposeful, it's incidental. I know that. With this group of people, there's no one in here that says, yep, I can't wait to just tear someone down with my... We, none of us in here choose to want to do that. It's usually incidental. It's usually an accident. And I remember our son Jordan, when he was six years old, he wanted to start playing football. And he started playing uh, football, and, and, and we realized right away, my wife and I realized that we had something special on our hands. Our son was quick. He was fast. He was good. He could see the holes just right. And rather than for me to try to articulate to you how good he was, I made a highlight video of, his, of that season. It was a nine-minute video. You're going to see all night. No, I'm just kidding. You're, you're only going to see about 50 seconds of this highlight video right now. But turn your eyes to the screen so you can see our son Jordan and how good he was at football. Jordan's one of the running backs near the left-hand side. That's him running the ball. He's running. He's at the 50, the 40, the third. Oh, come on, son. Keep running, baby. Come on. There he goes, right by the sideline. Oh, good juke. Good juke, Jordan. There he goes. Yeah. Watch this run. He runs up the middle. Oh, man. Come on, you 60-year-old. Run it, baby. Oh, that was a great move. That's number 10 in 25-yard touchdown run. Man, that's pretty incredible, right? That's pretty amazing. Jordan was phenomenal at football. And I remember after a game that he had done such a great job in his game, we're, we're sitting in the car and I'm driving home and he's sitting in the back seat. And he says, hey, Dad, how good did I do today? Dad, tell me, how, what did I do? How good did I do today? How well did I play? And I'm driving, and I could have talked about the different touchdowns that he made that game. I could have talked about the, the, the tackles that he made. I could have talked about all these great things that he did during the game. But you know what I did? I said, hey, bud, hey, there was one time that they gave you the ball, and, and you didn't make a touchdown, but, man, it was wide open. If you would have just followed your blocker, you would have, done, you would have made another touchdown. I, 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 also, I could have said something positive, but I said, hey, bud, you know what? That one time that you missed that tackle, the runner was coming right at you, and you broke down too early, and you stopped moving. If you would have just broken down and still moved towards him, you would have got the tackle. You would have got him right away, and, and then it got really quiet in the car. And I look at the rearview mirror, and my son is sitting in the back seat, 
and his head is down like this and he's crying I had crushed my son's self esteem because of the words that I spoke and it was in that moment that I realized that our words have the power to bring death that our words can kill someone's self esteem and maybe you're here this morning and someone has said some words over your life that has killed your self esteem and you're hurting in life today You've heard words like this. You're never going to amount to anything. Your life is a joke. You're never going to do anything positive in life. You're not going to do anything. You're you're never going to gain any real friends. No one wants to be friends with you. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You're never going to do anything. And these words hurt in life. They injure in life. These words don't bounce off. These words stick and they stay with us because our words have the power to bring death. B, our words can kill someone's dreams. Psalm 52 and verse 2 says, Our tongue plots destruction. Like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. There are some people that choose to use words to plot destruction. Their words are razor sharp and can cut deep into the soul of another person, killing a person's dreams. And I've been in ministry for over 21 years now, and I've sat with enough people to realize that a lot of people have stopped chasing their dreams because they believe a lie that has been spoken over them. They believe lies that that they can't chase after their dreams. And because of those words that have been spoken over them, they think, I'm not going to chase after my dreams anymore. They think it's not possible for these dreams in my life to come true. They think it's not possible for my family's dreams, for the dreams of my career, for my finances, for my relationships. They don't believe that their dreams can come true anymore because of the words that have been spoken over over them and it could have been a dad it could have been a a mom it could have been a coach it could have been a teacher that spoke these words over your life and now you're not moving forward and you're paralyzed because of the words that have been spoken over your life because our words are powerful see words can kill relationships proverbs 18 and verse 21 again this is our anchor verse but i want to read it to you from the message bible It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words can kill. And one of the things that words kill often are relationships because of the words that we choose to use. And every single year, there's a countless number of marriages that end in divorce because of the words that were chosen to use in that relationship. Every single year, there are millions of parent and child relationships that are severed because of the words that have been used in that relationship. Every single year, there are friendships that are severed because of the words that are being used in those relationships. And here's a little bit of advice for every single one of us today. Don't say something permanently hurtful when you're temporarily hurt. Don't say something permanently hurtful when you're temporarily hurt or upset because it'll make all the difference. Oftentimes, our words kill relationships because we say things that we really don't mean in the heat of the battle. Words have the power to bring death. Number three, and this is a great point. So far so this morning, we've learned that words are powerful, that our words have the power to bring death. But number three, our words have the power to bring life. Our words have the power to bring life. Proverbs 18 and verse 21, the tongue has a power of life and death. 
And those who love it will eat its fruit. And I want to show you four ways that words can bring life. A, our words can heal. Proverbs 12 and verse 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Understand this, that our words have the power to bring healing even to broken and devastated relationships. Our, word can, can, our words can determine the outcome of any relationship that we're in. In fact, right now, Think about a relationship that you're in right now where, where, the, where there's friction or where maybe there's some sorrow there or maybe where there's a relationship that needs some healing because our words can bring healing to that relationship. In those types of relationships, can you imagine what would happen if we use words like this? If we said, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I was wrong, I didn't quite understand all of that, I can understand how you were hurt, I, I love you. I care about you. Even in these types of relationships, imagine what would happen if we used encouraging words like this. You're talented. You're special. You're amazing. I support you. I believe in you. Because these types of words will bring healing to any type of relationship that we're at. Don't minimize the power of healing that our words can bring to any relationship. B, our words can diffuse anger. And the reality is that all of us will be in situations at times where our emotions get high, where we're starting to feel heated in a conversation, where we're starting to feel like a tense type of a moment. But in these moments, we have the opportunity of adding logs to the fire or water to the fire just by the words of use, just by the, the, the words that we choose to use. Proverbs 15 and verse 1 says, A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. And so many people, in the heat of a battle, they add logs to the fire by what they say because they fail to realize that if they were to just choose a gentle response or just choose to be kind, it would begin to diffuse the emotions that they're being felt right then and there because it's a choice that we have to make to choose to be gentle or to choose a different type of response. In our mouths, we have the ability to stir things up or to calm things down just by the words that we speak. C, our words can build others up. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your words, out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that they may benefit, that it may benefit those who hear. In our words, we have the power to speak potential into people. And every single one of us that call ourselves Christ followers, I want you to know that we are all leaders. And because we're leaders, we have the ability to speak into people's lives. And when we speak into people's lives, we can pull out abilities out of people, even if they don't possess that gift. And we are able to help people dream again and help people get to their dreams and see their dreams come to pass just by the words that we speak. The next time that you're around someone who feels discouraged or around someone that's not believing for their dreams any longer, we ought to just be able to say, don't give up. You can do it. I believe in you. God is for you. And if we'll begin to say those types of words to them, you'll be able to see their countenance change. Did you know that you can encourage the discouraged just by saying the right words over their lives? As a child, I love to play baseball, and every single year I was on a baseball team every year. I played on uh, the regular Babe Ruth League. I played all-stars. I played on traveling teams. I was a, a decent baseball player. 
And one of my dreams was I couldn't wait to get to high school to try out for the baseball team and to play high school baseball, to hear my name on the loudspeaker. I just couldn't wait for that. Well, my freshman year, going into my freshman, uh, my freshman year of high school, uh, it came the time where baseball season was going to start, and he announced when the tryouts were going to happen. And guess what I did? I didn't even try out. I didn't try out because I was so scared that I wouldn't even be able to make the baseball team that I decided I'm not going to try out because I felt like, man, I, I can't contribute. They're not going to want me on their team, and I decided just not to even try out. So now a year goes by, and now it's the summer going into my, my sophomore year, and I was playing on a traveling team, and we were playing against the Elk Grove High School uh, baseball team. And after our game, the coach came up to me and he said, hey, some of our players said you attend Elk Grove High School. Is that true? And I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, well, why didn't you try out? And I couldn't tell him because I was scared to make the team. You know, I, I had to make up some excuse. And to be honest with you, I don't remember what excuse I actually gave him, but I just remember I made up an, an excuse. And after I was done talking, he said, well, you're going to try out this year, right? Are you going to try out for, for baseball this year to, for the Elk Grove High School team? And I said, yeah, oh, of course. Of course I'm going to try out this year. I, why would I not try out? Of course I'm going to try out. I'll see you out there, coach. Of course I'm going to try out. And to be honest with you, when tryouts finally came, I was a little worried again. I felt scared because I thought, man, am I able to really chase after that dream that was in my heart? But I decided to try out for the baseball team. And not only did I make the team, but I became our starting shortstop on the Elk Grove High School baseball team. And I became one of our better hitters, so much so that I represented our team in a home run derby at the end of the year. I chased after that dream. And the only reason why I chased after that dream of playing baseball for Elk Grove High School is because the coach encouraged me with his words. That's what helped me to even chase after the dream. And some of you are here today and you stopped chasing after your dream because you haven't been encouraged in a while. Because someone hasn't spoken God's word over your life in a while. And I want to remind you this morning that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That if God is for you, then who could be against you? Listen, don't stop chasing your dreams because you're scared. Start believing again. Your dreams are attainable because of who Jesus is in your life. And see right now how encouraged you feel by me just speaking the word of the Lord over your life? That's what can happen to every single one of us on a daily basis when we memorize God's word because our words can build others up. D, our words can determine our direction in life. Our words can determine our direction in life. And so many people don't understand this principle. In fact, you might be here this morning and maybe you've never heard this. Maybe this is going to be brand new to you. But our words are so powerful that they can determine our direction in life. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And the reality in life is that we will eat the fruit of the words that we have spoken. And a lot of our lives are where they are today because of the words that we've spoken over our lives. And so if we're living encouraged lives today, if we're living joyful lives today, it's because most likely we've been speaking the word of God over our life. And if we're living defeated lives today, then most likely it's because we have not been speaking the word of God over our life. And our greatest enemy is not in our jobs. Our greatest enemy is not in our homes. Our greatest enemy is not our spouse or our children or even at schools. They're not sitting in political positions, although some of you would like to argue with me about that. 
But our greatest enemy is in our mouth, behind our teeth. And oftentimes I hear people saying things like this. Well, my marriage, my marriage is terrible. My marriage is never going to work out because my spouse is never going to change. And guess what? You're right. It is going to be terrible because you're going to eat the fruit of the words that you've spoken. I see so many newborn babies being born and these parents of newborns, they say, Oh, man, Pastor Gary, this is so hard. And it is. It is really hard. It's very difficult. But they say, man, my child's not eating correctly, and I just know that when they turn two, it's going to be terrible. I just know we're going to go through the terrible twos. And guess what? You're right. Your child is going to be terrible because you're going to eat the fruit of the words that you've spoken. I remember before we even had teenagers in our house, I used to have people come up and tell me, oh, Pastor Gary, you just wait. You just wait to those teenage, teenage years. It's going to be terrible. In fact, Pastor Gary, I already have one that's getting ready to be a teenager, and I already know it's going to be terrible. They're going to be terrible teenagers. Guess what? You're right. They're going to be terrible because you're going to eat the fruit of the words that you have spoken. I'm not going to speak those words over my kids. I'm not going to speak those words over my future. I'm not going to speak those words over my family. I'm not going to speak those words over my life or my career. Why? Because our words will line up with our action, and we will eat the fruit of of the words that we have spoken because our words are powerful. Would you stand with me this morning? You have been absolutely amazing to communicate the word with this morning. And here's what I've learned throughout life is that words are absolutely powerful. That words have the power to bring death and words have the power to bring life. And I don't know how you've been using your words lately. I don't know if, if you've been using your words to cut people down. I don't know if it's been unintentional. I don't know if you've used words that have hurt relationships. I don't know if you've believed the lies of the enemy and believed the lies of other people, the words that people have spoken over your life. But here's what I do know that the Lord is able to cancel every single bad thing that has been spoken over your life, and we could cancel that in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to feel that encouragement of the Lord this morning. Some of you have maybe said things in your own family, and it's caused a divide, a break in a relationship. And my heart is saddened for you, but I want you to know that God is able to work in that relationship if you would just begin to speak life into those relationships. God wants to change our words so that we could see a positive outcome. There's dynamite in our mouths. Our mouths can be explosive. Our words can be used to bring about life or to bring about death. Let's choose this morning that we're going to be a, a congregation that chooses to bring life into every situation. Let's choose to be fathers and mothers and, and parents and, and spouses that choose to bring life into every single situation. Let's choose to be Christians that will speak life even when we're at work. Let's choose to be people that when, when people come against us, we speak life into that situation. Don't believe the, the lies of the enemy. Believe the things that the Lord has spoken over your life. And if that's you this morning, and you just say, Pastor Gary, I need you to pray for me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass anybody in this place. My heart this morning is just that we would begin to put on the mind of Christ and to allow our word to be used in a powerful way, in a positive way, to speak life and not death, because our words are powerful. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? 
God, we thank you for your wonderful presence that is felt in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us and that you are for us. Thank you, Lord, that, that we don't have to any longer believe the lies that have been spoken over us. We are Christians. We are believers, and we believe in the miraculous working of power of Jesus Christ. You're able to cancel every single thing that has been said over our life. And we cancel that in the name of Jesus, and we replace it with the words that you have spoken over our lives. God, we believe that you are for us. We believe that you are in us. We believe that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. God, we're stronger because of who you are in our life. Lord, I pray that if there are some relationships that need to be mended, I pray that you would give us the proper words and the wisdom to make those relations, those relationships right so that we could begin to have a right relationship with that person. For some, it might be a spouse, and it might be going home today and just saying, I'm sorry. For some, it might be calling a family meeting together with kids and saying, I messed up. I'm sorry. God, I pray that you would be with the humble that you would really be in those relationships. God, when we humble ourselves, your presence is there. It brings a smile on your face when we humble ourselves. So, Lord, I just pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would give us the ability to see the positive uses of our words so that we could begin to make changes in every area of our life, to speak hope into those areas, to speak life into those areas. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if you believe that, say a loud amen this morning. Come on, say a loud amen this morning. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, if the Lord spoke to you this morning through this message, would you just let the Lord know how much you love him this morning? There is power in our words. And I want you to know you have the gift to speak life or death, but let's be people that speak life. Amen. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.